0: Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the More Than Punk podcast. I'm Sid McKay and you'll probably notice something a little bit different about this week's episode. So there have been some changes um, around EU law, which means I have to stop using the music from bands that I interview in the podcast, which is a bummer, but the rules are the rules. So in an odd clash between two different parts of my life, I follow this guy called Harris Heller. Um, on youtube if you're into gaming streaming that kind of thing you've probably heard of him he has this project called stream beats uh, and he lets anyone basically download the tracks using royalty free and that kind of thing so that is what i'm playing at the moment um it's from i think he did an album called demons or something like that it's you know it's a pretty cool idea i think it's definitely something we need for the music industry a collection of tracks that people with music podcasts can play Who knows maybe someone will come up with it um and we'll do it i hear the thing cost them like 30 grand though so it's definitely not a cheap project to do anyway this week's show is with dutch metalcore band another now i'm talking with steph and rick these guys recorded and produced the album on their own and it is such a good fucking album they played with Ice Nine Kills and a whole bunch of other top-tier bands and we get really in deep about what it's like growing up in the Netherlands what the music seems like there and you know that sort of insular feeling that they grew up with where they talk about being normal is being different enough and so it was really hard for them to, to kind of break out i think it's a really interesting story that we've got in this week's episode of the podcast so i'm really looking forward to sharing it with you so i'm really looking forward to sharing it with you another now's debut album omni is out right now you can stream it you can buy it they've got some really sick looking merch um and actually i think after this episode i'm going to go and pick up a t-shirt because they look fucking dope so make sure you check this band out They're coming out swinging, and they are some seriously sweet guys. So this is Steph and Rick from Another Now. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, we've been doing good. Nice, thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah man, thanks for having us dude my pleasure i got the scent through the press release and i was like fuck yes i have to interview this band they're fucking amazing so that's the fanboying done the awkward <laughs> shit out of the way oh, <laughs> all right it means a lot man appreciate it thanks <laughs> so i feel like if i start off on, on the right foot then i can basically ask you anything i want after that right <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can try you can try Go ahead.
0: <laughs> no no these are these are usually fairly um fairly friendly if not a little bit existential Okay. So it depends on the mood you're in, really. <laughs> um, I saw that you guys played with Ice Nine Kills. Now I fucking love Ice Nine Kills. Yeah, we do love. I Ice mean, Nine. what are those guys like?
1: Uh super professional, but also really chill. Really, always open to have a conversation, down to have a laugh. Uh, very, very friendly, very warm. You know the. It
2: was also amazing that they. Uh, took the time to uh, see our set and uh, the drummer uh, Patrick, I think his name was. He also mentioned us in his uh, Instagram stories and and, and he was uh, very uh, promising about the things that we did. And,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, it's
0: super supportive. Just very friendly. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing people. Yeah, yeah, that would that would blow my fucking mind. Like I have people that I talk to and stuff, and you're sometimes just going. Holy shit! I can't believe that. Like this, and I've been doing this like ten years, right? But you're yeah. still like, holy shit! I can't believe this is happening. I mean, I, I'm sure it was like that with Ink too, right?
1: It was super scary, yeah, yeah, for sure. I I mean, especially I think, uh, especially our guitarist and our drummer, they're they're
2: huge Iceland yeah, hills fans. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they just
1: couldn't get over it. They, it. It was so scary and exciting, exciting to them. But you know, they're such, such friendly people. It's it's. Uh... It was also
2: crazy to have a talk with Spencer, the, uh, the vocalist. And he was also a very cool dude uh, who really took the time to have a conversation and listen to what you have to say and what they have been doing, how the, how the tour uh, went. And uh, that I think a lot of artists and bands that are very big, uh, you always wonder how they are in real conversation and how they are in real life. And uh, I must say that Iceland Kills, yeah, they were very cool dudes. Yeah, it's really didn't disappoint no, at
0: all. Su-
1: super friendly, super supportive. Yeah, it was really cool. I
0: and mean, I mean, those guys have slick production, right? And they've toured like hell. So when you're talking to them, are you like learning different things you can do with your production and like how to deal with tour? I say deal with touring, but you know it can be a sort of rigorous, grinding thing, right?
1: That's a good question i think uh we did talk f- with uh i think it was the, their guitarist who does mixing and stuff as yeah, well Ricky. yeah yeah we talked with him for a bit about maybe doing a project together which which was also kind of mind-blowing like having us like having him mix uh some songs or do some production on it um but that hasn't really happened yet maybe we'll take him up on that in the future uh But uh, yeah, I I don't know, I think you just stay a little bit surface level, I think, when you're just, you know, you're trying to get ready for a show to play and they kept running around, really, they had some, uh, what do you call it, uh, meet and greets set up beforehand, so they had to meet the fans and, you know, all this business stuff that has to happen on their end, so.
2: It was also very weird when we got in with our gear, and uh, there were a lot of people uh, queuing for the show. And uh, we just walked in, and everyone was like, huh, "Who are they?" Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was yeah. a
1: pretty, fu- yeah, pretty fun, yeah, pretty fun experience. Their fan base is so dedicated; they were so eager to see someone who remotely has anything to do with the band so when they see someone lugging in a drum kit they're like oh my god oh my god is it them like who are they yeah so that was kind of a trip that was really cool
2: it it was a very young uh audience yeah uh, that that day and it was pretty exciting you know with our set uh, uh, the whole crowd was going wild surfing, I, I stage dived uh, a couple of times. And yeah, it's just been crazy. I must say, the, the Iceland Kills uh, fans are very dedicated uh, Yeah, uh, w- with music. Hmm.
0: What's it like trying to, like, you're, you know, you're supporting a band like Ink or like so many others that you guys have supported, and you go out and the people that are their fans might not know who you are, right? So what's it like trying to win them over? and sort of get them off the asses and stop them thinking jesus i've got to get through half an hour of this band i've never heard of you know
1: this, this might sound a little arrogant but i think oh we, i love it
0: lay it on yeah
1: <laughs> this, i think we uh i mean we played a really good show that night and that's partly luck but also you know excitement from our point of view and i, I, I think the set we played that night it just um I think that's one of the better shows we've played, and you could just tell that a lot of people were, from the very first song, they were convinced that we were were up for it, you know, that we're the right band to be there, I think. Yeah, that's a weird thing to say, but I think we just really convinced a big part of the audience right away, because, you know, there was no denying the energy was really good that night. Yeah, I yeah. think
2: our performance and our energy that night—we uh, were overwhelmed by, by all these positive uh, emotions that night. So yeah. everything uh, that we felt that night, we uh, we sh- yeah we had uh, we had the opportunity to share our our excitement with the whole crowd. And uh, and when you're excited and when you're performing uh, with a lot of passion, a lot of energy, and I think. The, the crowd is uh, pretty pretty fast convinced.
1: Maybe their fan base is just really our fan base, future fan base as well. Maybe we just overlap. Yeah. Maybe it's just the same kind of people that sh- would be another Now fans, you know? It's, it's hard to tell. It's <laughs> ideal though, right? That I mean, that's exactly what you want. For sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, we were even trying to have our set have a horror-themed intro to- you know, match with what, what they were gonna do because all they do is just this complete 80s horror show for an well, an hour nonstop and wearing the masks and stuff. And we were like, oh, should we try and blend in a little with the theme of the night? But, um, no, we no, just, we,
2: just, we chose to to keep our own identity. Yeah, and,
1: uh, I think that was a really good yeah. choice because you know people just most people just clicked with what we did. And, you know, all their a lot of fans came up to us after that show, and we're like, "Oh, we didn't know you before. I'm so glad uh, to have seen you now." And uh, yeah, the,
2: also the Dutch Dutch metalcore scene is pretty small. Uh, yeah. every yeah. Uh, pretty much everyone uh, knows each other, and there's that small group, or, or no, there's this big group uh, that always uh, goes to shows uh, with with um, uh, large bands like kills. So there's a pretty uh, Pretty small group of them in the metalcore scene that may know us, but um, I think a lot of fellow Dutchies never knew us. Uh, yeah, till until that night. A lot of uh, fans we still got
1: from that show, and uh, to this day we still get yeah. messages from people who saw us play that show. Like, how long is it ago? Two years. Two years is that? Two years? Almost
2: uh, uh, this September. Uh, two years. Oh. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> jesus christ yeah yeah we still get people that uh, come up to us tell us that yeah we saw you for the first time that night and we've been fans ever since which is and also amazing. a
2: lot of feedback uh about how we have grown as a band yeah that's
1: true sure.
0: that's cool yeah yeah that, that's amazing yeah one of the things so uh, a lot of the bands i talk to in the uk right because i'm in the uk it just kind of makes sense but i talked to them about like breaking out of the uk scene and some of them say we go to europe some of them say we go to you know, America, that kind of thing. What's it like for you guys with a relatively small metalcore scene to, to, I guess, get to the top of it or break out of it and and grow your following?
1: I don't know, man. We have yet to break out of the Netherlands. I think we feel like uh, that's what we hope to do with this album now is, uh, you know, um, yeah,
2: reach more people, reach more nationalities. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean... Um, Getting ourselves known a little in Germany—that's what we're trying to figure out how to do now because we feel like mainland Europe, Germany, is kind of the place to be for metalcore.
2: Yeah, and it's also uh, we live, uh, yeah, right near the border of yeah. uh, Germany, so it's just one one-hour drive, and we're we're in the middle of uh, Cologne, or uh, so that's uh, also pretty sick that uh, G- Germany with such a large uh, Metalcore fan base uh, is just w- uh, one-hour drive. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter if we go to Amsterdam; uh, that's also like for us uh, one and a half hour. And Germany is also the same uh, the same time.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's right around the corner. So we hope to you know do a little invasion uh, <laughs> in the coming uh, yeah, mainland invasion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. that's
0: an excellent name for a tour, right? Yeah, yeah for sure
1: yeah. yeah we definitely hope to go to the uk as well uk we have some plans cooking up to get maybe something
2: started in yeah. UK,
1: but that's you know very early on so that would be sweet yeah
0: yeah, yeah i mean it's interesting you say that though, like because when you're and i know that a lot of the times when you talk to bands it's like yeah we just want to make music and all that kind of stuff but I get that there's also in the like in the back of your mind a sense of scale right a sense of like if we want to do this we've got to do it properly were you kind of looking at it going shit how do we get out of the Netherlands or is having Germany so close you just thought fuck it we'll just drive down there and you know I was gonna say conquer the Germans but I realized that comment's not gonna age well
1: <laughs> I'm fine with saying it that way <laughs> <laughs> No, nothing against uh, the Germans or anything. No, I think when we when we started this band, we were very open uh, with each other in saying, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. We got to aim as big as we can. And we all know that uh, there's not a super healthy music scene or, or alternative or heavy music scene in the, in the Netherlands overall. So um, I, I do feel really grateful for all the support we've been getting. I mean, yeah, it's been... Definitely. I wasn't expecting people to, I mean, this amount of people to like our music so much in our own country even. So uh, it, yeah, definitely makes you hopeful that maybe other countries where the genre is more established and, you know, there's more cool bands active that they're open to yeah. us as well. So there's a lot of hoping and <laughs> 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 yeah, we're just- uh,
2: Yeah, and to- just a setting setting goals. And, yeah. Uh, and do everything to achieve those.
1: Yeah.
2: I think we are very passionate about what we do and we want to do everything right. So um, we're kind of a group of perfectionists. Oh, for uh, sure.
1: Yeah. So uh,
2: that makes uh, that we are very, uh, very driven about what we do and we want everything to be 100% done. And I think that motivation It's just uh yeah, a really good work ethic.
0: Yeah. And the crazy thing for me is that you guys talk about having a sort of small and not necessarily healthy medical scene, but your part of the world has some of the best fucking bands. Like the the level that comes out of, you know, the Netherlands and Nordics is just incredible. What what part of it do you think like drives that innovation? Is it just that it's dark and cold all the time and you have lots to be pissed about? I say that in jest because you know they're like the best countries ever, but uh, uh
1: I, I think, yeah, the, the countries with the shittiest weather tend to have the most aggressive music, I think. If you look at the, the true cult black metal scene, I mean, <laughs> that couldn't have started anywhere except for those freezing-ass places. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a good question, man. I don't know. I think Dutch people in general are very critical <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of others, but also themselves. And I think we're very... Yeah, it's hard to say, I don't know.
2: When you say that the Dutch uh, audience is very critical, uh, you can see it immediately at uh, shows. And when uh, bands are touring, um, most of the, of the Dutch audience are waiting to be convinced. So they are standing in the back, uh, arms, arms folded, mm-hmm. a little bit of ha- ha- uh, uh, subtle head banging, and just waiting to explode. And uh, I think the Netherlands is, uh, when it comes to the music industry, we have a lot of events uh, within uh, a certain radius. So uh, when you, you can live in the South like us in Eindhoven and you can be in, in Amsterdam within an hour and a half. So that makes that, uh, that a lot of events are yeah, very close. And uh, also, the public transport in the, in the Netherlands is also pretty good arranged. Yeah. And I think also what makes uh, the music in the Netherlands perhaps, how uh, uh, do I say it? Into the neighborhood else? We <laughs> also have a few uh, schools uh, very uh, into uh, music. So, a lot of music music schools that are uh, very, uh, how do I say it, uh, deep Next level.
1: I don't know.
2: Yeah, very into rock music and into, right. uh, we also have uh, here in Eindhoven, we have uh, uh, a metal. Uh, right, yeah, a, we, a we have the Metal school.
1: Factory, yeah, a, a music school dedicated to just having metal music, which yeah. is.
2: Also, uh, teachers uh, who have uh, been in metal bands, for example, I think uh, uh, the guitarist of Within Tentation uh, also gives uh, lessons there, and uh, also a lot of master classes from, uh, for, uh, from musicians in the metal scene. And uh, yeah, I think that also, uh, Shows, I think, the Dutch dedication to music and also the the perfectionist
0: uh,
2: attitude. Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's amazing, right? I mean, imagine getting an entire lesson from within Temptation. Like, yeah. it, it, like that doesn't happen anywhere else, you know?
2: Yeah, that that, that, that must be pretty crazy. Uh, we we didn't study at at a, the metal factory but uh yeah we know some people who are and uh i think uh yeah if i if i had wanted to uh, do something new that that I'm, that maybe would be something something refreshing but i think uh, with us uh, rick as a as a producer we have max our guitar uh player uh who is a 3d visual artist and uh, I think uh, is also very into uh, in, into shooting uh, videos with his camera and we're not afraid to pick up everything ourselves I think uh, that quality uh, that qualities within the band make that we can do everything ourselves and we're not bound to to other to others and we can do whatever we want and we can put uh, our vision into uh, every concept and that makes also i think our yeah our band very unique to pick up everything our, ourselves
0: yeah yeah especially at the level that you do with that like to have to have all of you guys be you know talented in something outside of music that you can bring to music like that's a strong proposition right like you must have got together and thought fuck yeah we've done it like this is the the best combination of people Yeah,
1: I think a lot of things we had to learn while being in this band because, you know, uh, like we said, the scene is very small. So it's also kind of difficult to get help and budgets. There's no budget for anything, really. So, uh, you you know, we kind of have to do everything ourselves, really, And because we want to take music so seriously. We knew we had to have everything around the band be, you know, as as high quality as we can get it as well and be the same amount of uh serious so to yeah, say sure. so we had to get really serious about you know editing our own videos and shooting our own big pic- uh, uh photo shoots well, and photo- photoshop, and... photoshop even photoshop yeah you know <laughs> we had to learn all the different software mm-hmm. ourselves you know producing mixing that as well uh, yeah just, we had to, so we did. And yeah. I, I think it's kind of lucky that it worked out, but that's just because we're so passionate yeah, about I'm it.
2: Very grateful that we have all those different qualities within the band. Yeah. It okay. makes everything so much easier.
1: Yeah, but we have selected for that as well. I mean, we had some like lineup changes up until, like, two years ago. Yeah. To, you know, if someone isn't willing to go for it 100% or they just can't keep up somehow, then it's, it's unfortunate, but you got to, Get the right people together, right? So, I think uh, you know it's it's part luck that we were able to find the yeah. people we're with right now.
2: Yeah, but like- especially especially with such a small scene. And yeah. uh, When we were looking for another guitar player, that 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 was very hard. Uh, searching for a guitar player with a seven string with good gear. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that that was pretty hard, but. Uh, uh, I was lucky that I knew Max, our guitar player, from my previous band, so I just invited him. So, I went, hey, dude, uh, we're still having some shows, and maybe you can fill in for uh, for some shows. And he was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm uh, I'm in." And-
1: and I know someone, me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you guys have mentioned a couple times that you're a perfectionist. and I'm curious about how that factors into your songwriting right like how do you know when a song is finished or do you just have to abandon it and go this is as good as it's gonna get or we're gonna go crazy
2: it's hard to know when it's actually finished finished i think uh the deadlines decide when it's done and uh i think (laughs) that that's uh yeah, yeah we're pretty much. Uh, How to say yeah. it? if
1: if we don't stick to our deadlines, then things are just never gonna. I mean, there's always something you can change. Uh, you know, I'm that guy who stays up until four, or five a.m. literally every day, trying to get details right on snare Like, <laughs> or just a mix in general, or just a a a, a um, show a show poster that we're working on, or whatever. Everything has to be perfect, but we know we have to set deadlines for ourselves and we have to meet them otherwise you know things just aren't going to get done so yeah literally everything is abandoned because we have to because you know things are never finished no no
2: i think uh when when i look back at at songs like parallax we could have just gotten more deeper into that song but still when i look back at it, it it's just a pretty fun song and i think I mean, it, I mean that
1: song specifically already is so much different from the, the very first. first version yeah we wrote so yeah if, if, it rarely happens that songs stay very close to what they were originally i mean trojan is i think the best example of that song was written in a couple hours and it didn't really change beyond that but that never really happened that, that was the exception that was the exception yeah it, because usually we just Keep messing with songs for like months on end and they're just finished because we have decided that okay we want to start recording and once everything is recorded the song is gone don't touch it anymore and maybe i'll try to touch it like yeah. chop something some, 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 uh, <laughs> some,
2: some small tweaks and yeah everything.
1: yeah and then everyone is like wait did you change something yeah i did and now it's better <laughs> it, it is let's move on yeah
0: <laughs> and is, is it the same when you're writing lyrics as well like trying to find exactly the right word and and exactly yeah, the right place definitely i think
2: uh the hardest challenge of writing the lyrics was to use the right symbolism and use the right metaphors we don't uh, want to have lyrics that are very plain or very uh easy it, it has to be understandable for everyone but it has to be something Mysterious, it, it has to be multi-interpretable. Uh, I think uh, those were the real challenges. And every time uh, I came up with some new lyrics, I showed it to the guys and they were like, yeah, that that's cool, those parts. And we were marking all the, all the cool parts and all the other stuff. Uh, we never used that. So um, it was really, challenging to come with these uh, lyrics yes. having having each part its own metaphor and yeah
1: especially with that mental health theme we tried we decided to tackle with this album i think very quickly on we found out that it's r- very easy to get way too clinical with like the medical uh mental health kind of stuff yeah and we had to work really hard to get all the you know, get the metaphors just right, like you said. Um, well,
2: yeah, that, yeah, it has to be relatable to everyone yeah. who listens to our music. And uh, it's for the listener to decide how, how they interpret, it, uh, interpret our songs. Yeah. So I think that's, that's our main goal, to have our message across. But it also has to uh, have, its, have its own worth to, uh, to every listener.
0: So when you're, when you're writing a song, and so I'm just going to come up with an example, right, but say it's like an angry song, you come up with the lyrics, they're quite pissed off. Do you find that by the time you've finished editing the lyrics, it has the same like sentiment, but maybe completely different lyrics? Like it's still angry, but in a different way? Or can the song change completely just in the editing process?
2: Well, the fun thing is that I write the lyrics before the song, uh, even is uh, in the demo version. So mm-hmm. I've never heard a song and I just, uh, it's like writing a book and uh, writing a story and uh, just uh, piling up different parts and different lines. And, uh, and after that, we're just uh, take, taking the songs and just uh, holding, them, uh, holding the lyrics and the song together and trying to uh, time all these lines. And I think um we're very uh, picky uh about uh which uh topic we're uh, gonna use in that song and I think uh when for example for cascade it it uh it felt like it had to be something very impulsive it has to uh, the lyrics have to be very uh have something very uh scary it has it has to be a very yeah a very tense tense feeling
1: yeah and also the the i mean we, we knew it had to be something psychotic kind of like it had to have the quality in it because this song is this weird combination of a lot of different styles like you have the metalcore element but you also have the art style techno element to it and you have the different subgenres of uh of heavy metal in it, you have the death chord growing, and you have the, the, the beatdown, breakdown, beat down, breakdown, and the choruses are almost like super poppy, so we knew that in the lyrics we had to go
2: Yeah, it has to fit with every part, Yeah, every instru- instrumental part, and so uh, yeah, I think, for example, the intro uh, of Cascade is very in your face, very heavy, so uh, the lyrics have to Resemble something uh that shows panic and that shows anger and uh i think yeah that was a pretty cool thing to do to just go with uh with the music and feel uh which parts uh yeah, should be in there
1: yeah i think when we're working on a song instrumentally we always kind of feel like what vibe that song has and we always try to emphasize that vibe with the subject we try to you know uh, talk about and I think what what happens sometimes is like say um, we have the song Hollow yeah um, I remember that being a thing like we we had that song uh, and then we put lyrics on it and we found out that the song got a little too dark somehow like the lyrics were pretty pretty vis- uh visceral very extreme very. Uh, And that was a song we kind of had to have a meeting about like, okay, is this how dark we want to go with this song? Like, Do you remember this? Yeah, it's about addiction. And uh, the
2: first concept was that uh, for the lyrics that we had, a person in mind who who was addicted to several substances and uh, just trying to score every Every bit, every bit of uh, of of white, or uh, and just uh, every time when the person uses, uh, he, he lost a lot of money, and eventually uh, he, he's out, uh, he ran out of money, and uh, that's when he, when the person in the lyrics decided to uh, sell his his organs, uh, limbs uh, to uh, satisfy his addiction. So uh, that was the first concept of The Hollow.
1: That concept still is in there, but we decided to make it way more, um, how do I say, Uh, make it more vague, I mean, in a poetic way, like, uh, you know, just tone it down a little, make it less. uh, Yeah, like I said, have it multi-interpretable. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, because when you're writing a book, I mean, you have, like, several hours to kind of get to the point, right? Like, especially if you write something like fucking War and Peace or whatever. But if, but when you're writing a song, you've got, like, three and a half minutes, right? So do you find that that focuses you, or do you find that it can be quite hard to, like, get to the point in the amount of time that you've, you know, traditionally got?
2: Yeah, that, that, that can be pretty hard to have the essence of the story in the song within three and a half minutes but uh i
1: think um we've had that conversation with hollow as well like uh uh we were looking at getting getting the lyrics fitted on the song and i think halfway through this that was a very frustrating session by the way because you know the vibe was getting a little too dark and i think halfway through we said like uh i haven't even told half my story and the, the song is over by the way so how do we what are we gonna do now? And I yeah. think that doesn't happen very often, but yeah. yeah. But what we learned is to pick all the highlights
2: of the story uh, in a cr- uh, chronological uh, order. And uh, after that, uh, we also decide uh, for, for the chorus that it has to be uh, a synopsis of the song. And I think that's our formula, I think, for the verses we tell the story From mostly from beginning to end to to, until the end, and the choruses give that uh, vibe about what's what's the essence of 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 the song.
1: Yeah. Sometimes songs are really easy to write the lyrics for, and you know when it's not just not happening that organically, you you gotta you know have those rules for yourself to make it easier. That's a trick we use on this album
0: when did you know that you were good writers was there a moment where you were just like yes this is great or was it when people started kind of paying attention leaving comments going like "This song changed my life kind of thing not a lot of people
2: were commenting about uh, our lyrics I think uh, it's mostly the thing that we uh, find very important to our music to have uh, to have it meaningful I think I think uh, if, if I talk uh, uh, for, for myself I think uh, I find that everything that I w- would love to, what I would love to listen to, uh, that has that has to be something. Uh, yeah, it has to be it has to be meaningful. I think, and uh, that's pretty much why I don't like bands like Attila. All right? <laughs> but uh, instrumentally sure. and uh, timing wise it, it's pretty sick and that, that's amazing but I just like more uh, the poetic bands uh, for example I I, I like uh, silent silent Planet very much uh, Garrett Russell the vocalist who uh, writes uh, all the lyrics he's pretty uh, he's pretty much doing the same thing as me just writing a story. Uh, and uh, from beginning to the end, uh, to, to the end, and incorporating all all the experiences that he he had uh, witnessed or experienced, just uh, yeah, incorporated incorporated into the song. And I think uh, there are not that many uh, vocalists, um, lyricists who really are into. Uh, that 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 deep into a song like Garrett Russell i think that he is pretty much yeah he's killing it when it comes to writing and i think he will be even a great writer to just publishing his own book yeah and what's your i mean
0: so like, it's, I love it. Right? I love, I love geeking out about this kind of stuff because I'm just, this is like, I can't play an instrument to save my fucking life. I tried and I was terrible at it, but in the, but the writing side of lyrics and stuff, I really get. I'm also a kind of huge pop joke, uh, pop culture junkie. Like, yeah. I like being able to watch really dumb shit and just switch my mind off. Are, are you guys, you're similar to that? Like you have your intense kind of writing sessions and then it's like throw on a Marvel movie with explosions and, you know, superheroes and all that sort of dumb shit. I,
1: I think um, there's kind of this duality in the band, you know. St- Steph is definitely the guy who always wants- I'm the more serious guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he when always wants the lyrics, the lyrics to be- I mean, for us, it it has to mean something as well, but we're way quicker to, you know, throw some jokes in there if we could we, we don't but uh yeah. well i mean there's, actually we do is that a joke <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah no but that, that that's that that can be a discussion sometimes like how how uh deep do we actually want to go with the lyrics you know uh, because you know when we're just hanging out we're not that serious people you know we can have the deep conversations but most of the time we're just yeah having fun joking around yeah. farting on each other so uh, you know <laughs> you know um I, the, the lyrics might come across like we're we're these these super serious people but and we can be at times but
2: when it comes to our art but, yeah uh, for sure yeah i mean when it comes yeah. about us as a person and so we are yeah very low very easy guys easy going yeah, yeah easy going
0: yeah I think that's true for uh, like a lot of people, right? That thing and you've talked about relatability and interpretations a lot, and I think that when we hear people singing songs, we always sort of connect with them in ways that we don't with like books, right? And one of my favorite examples is always using like crime fiction writers because everyone knows that that's not like that's not true, but yeah. if you put something in a song, people go, "Oh, that must be true. They must they must have experienced that." And I think it's cool to have that divide between having serious art but not necessarily feeling serious all of the time you know
1: yeah yeah for sure yeah
0: when i think about it i think it's also
2: pretty funny um that i think when you look at the dutch listener or uh non-english uh nationalities i think we have a total total other uh how do you say it? uh awareness uh no no uh, consciousness about uh, yeah. how, how we perceive uh, music i think um, when you're from the uk or the a, or america uh, it, it, it it is your own language and i think we're more distant when it comes to lyrics because it's not not our native language
1: yeah uh, yeah that's a very interesting thought mm-hmm. that some topics might be way easier for, for us to write about in english because it doesn't maybe hit us as hard as it might hit you, for example, so and we would never know how our lyrics actually sound to no. someone who is a native English speaker. That's but but that's
2: pretty cool to have these conversations with yeah. with, with people uh, that are, uh, for for example, right now. And we had some interviews uh, when and they all ask asked about our lyrics and where it came from, and and it's just uh, it it's awesome to yeah. Have people recognize the things that you're doing, and I think we're not used to that
1: in yeah uh, in the, the Netherlands. The Dutch interviewers never ask us anything about the lyrics. It's a very interesting thing. Uh, I total just, new world. I, I never realized that up until you just said it. Yeah, it's, uh, that's crazy. Uh,
0: what What do they usually ask you about? I'm always curious about what other interviewers ask bands.
1: <laughs> yeah, just uh, how did we start? You know. Oh yeah, how did you
0: get the band name? yeah Yeah. that literally
1: literally yesterday that that was the very first question yeah um but yeah also um uh, the combination of styles we do that that's very combination of styles yeah
2: uh, what's coming up next what are our plans for the future
1: uh, and some more surface level kind of
0: they they sound like um like job interviews like where do you say see yourself in three to five years yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I mean hopefully doing this like yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
1: that's definitely what it feels like sometimes yeah so it's actually
2: very, very nice to have just a conversation with you yeah today. yeah it's, it's, uh, it's pretty... yeah
1: yeah
0: I like I'm glad you guys are enjoying it I'm really enjoying it too I like being able to talk about different things um yeah. and and i think like i think i know the answer to this because you obviously you write your lyrics in english and there's a sort of bigger english market and stuff but there are bands out there like kramstein who don't is yeah. it do you kind of look at that and go i mean we could write them in dutch but it's a bigger gamble like it's um, man, that, that, harder for other people be, to get i think when we think about it oh man
2: i i would cringe
1: yeah <laughs> <shit> i
2: mean <laughs> we, we we love
1: Um, we love our roots, but I think Well do we really? (laughs) I don't know. A thing we really like to do is um a song we like just very mockingly recite those words in Dutch. That that's one of the main things we do. Like uh for example.
0: Yeah, you gotta sing it now.
1: (laughs) I I can't I can't think of anything right now. We do it literally all the time. It's uh, but it's so dumb. But that just um,
2: you know,
1: pain. What are the
2: voices to calm me down, yeah, for example, yeah. Cascade. I uh,
1: mean, yeah, I can't and, imagine. Uh, I, years ago, I was in a punk band, and we had Dutch lyrics. And those lyrics were just, you know, bullshit fr- from beginning to the end. Uh, and, and I think that was the only way to do it for me, because I just can't take, take things seriously when they're in Dutch somehow. Um, I mean. I think we're so used to consuming media that's in English, that it's yeah. almost impossible to take something seriously when it's in Dutch. Yeah. And I think Dutch music culture as well, traditionally, isn't that serious somehow. So when things do get a little serious, it's very cringy, like yeah. I said, very quickly, so, yeah.
2: Well, when I uh, perceive uh, German music, Yeah. It, it I think that that has a kind of load of, uh, energy or something like that when you for rammstein or caliban right now with their new album and
1: heaven shall burn yeah there's a lot of different emotions that come to me when i listen to german music it can it's very quickly it's very energetic or very mean organic or very uh it can also sound a little weird oh
0: yeah Um, i did an interview with till like several years ago yeah yeah it was when he released um oh, what is it he did that solo album Pills and Skills or something like that. Oh and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is like seven or eight years ago, right? And it was the most outrageous interview like I've ever had. Like he's talking to me about how he used to make drugs because he's like I could never get my hand on drugs, so I would just get a whole bunch of different pills and just like grind them up and see what happens. Like he's a fucking madman holy shit
2: yeah it, okay. it, it really has to be in that man i think, <laughs> I, think I think also when you look at, at some of the music videos uh, for yeah. example pussy yeah that's just almost a porn video
1: yeah but what he does is just you know next level art yeah well, i think you know? it's
0: it's kind of the merlin manson of europe
1: oh, oh yeah for sure for sure yeah
0: yeah so i guess it's kind of like germany has that I don't know if context is necessarily the right word, but they've got that reputation for sort of doing out there stuff, right? So Ramstein kind of fits in, but I feel like if they came out of like, I don't know, the Netherlands, for example, everyone would be like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: I think our country wouldn't be as supportive for a band, like, that. or maybe we would be, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't I really, really do fit know. our culture to be- No, like, I think
2: we're pretty, very, you know, like it's, like we said, critical so but but
1: also things very quickly get too crazy for a dutch audience like we have this saying like just act normal that's crazy enough that is a (laughs) example of the dutch mindset like don't get too crazy with that's that's also a thing like um really early on when we started this band you know we were very open about our ambition to get as big as we can get really and to a lot of people around us, that was a little, a little weird. I think yeah. a little shocking that so to so openly state that yeah, we actually want to tour the world. You know, we actually want to make it big with this band. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's a, that's a crazy thing to say as a as a Dutchman. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I can, I can get that.
0: I mean, I'm originally from New Zealand, so you know, similar size country probably similar sized music scene as well right. yeah. and so yeah if you say to people yeah i want to tour of the world i want to do that people go what yeah i just get a job yeah you know yeah. like it, it's yeah. it's very sort of unrealistic for most people and but i think we buy into that too much too you know you go oh it's unrealistic i just won't try
1: for sure yeah mm-hmm. i know a lot of people who really have these ambitions that they would never you know even try or dare dream of making it a reality you know because yeah it's um people can get very discouraging when you talk about your ambitions yeah yeah definitely
0: and like you guys say you've been super open about wanting to travel the world and and make this a thing like you know as you should and you've talked before about how you're all multi-talented have you do you look at this as a business yet? Like, are you at that point where you're going? You know, this money comes in. This is how much we get paid out. How do we manage a tour? Like, have you done business courses, or are you just kind of making it up as you go?
2: Uh, well, well, we actually did, we had some um, budget from our state uh, to uh, to improve ourselves uh, on different kind of levels. Uh, for example, uh, when it comes to marketing. Uh, Running ad, uh, uh, ads, uh, running sponsorships, uh, how to use the right hashtags and also know, when, for example, what time to post something.
0: Yeah,
1: but also but also keep, keeping tra- track of your finances and stuff. yeah, I mean yeah, our, we
2: we got a, that ma- masterclass, uh,
1: yeah
2: I yeah. think very soon.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's definitely a thing we took very seriously very early on. I think uh a couple months in actually being a band having our first song out we started uh we opened our our and joint ch- bank account yeah. and we ch- signed, and we we signed the with ch- commerce yeah. and stuff and um i i, I don't know that was, that was pretty much a no-brainer for us to uh, you know to financially that, yeah. just take it super serious right away yeah yeah, we've talked about it jokingly like oh we could start a a, a, a music video company to help other bands in the scene you know and yeah that, that's something we we, we we dream of you know that would be cool to do seriously but uh, yeah for now we're mainly focusing on the music thing just, yeah. <laughs> just trying to get that off the ground you know
0: yeah totally it's it's interesting to me because it's such a rare thing for bands to be like yeah we thought about how we were going to run this like a business from the very start. Yeah. And I f- and look, I don't, I'm don't, i no trendsetter by any fucking means, right? But you can generally tell the bands that have really thought about it and how far they've gone, the bands that have kind of just muddled along and eventually burnt out. Obviously, bands always break through, Motley Crue, Silverstein, whatever, you know? But yeah, it's it's odd for me to talk to people who have been like, yes, we've thought about this from day one. Like, we don't just want to spend all our money and, you know, no. be done in two years, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I think especially
2: in these times uh, I think when you compare it to the 80s where a lot of bands uh, were signed with uh, huge labels with uh, huge managements uh, who organized everything for, for the band I think that, that way of uh, doing business has totally changed uh, I think bands r- uh, right now are more uh, independent than ever yeah. and I think uh, also the music industry industry asks band to uh to evolve to to be more independent and to do things more themselves
1: yeah I think. yeah you're not getting any help anymore in the shape of budgets or whatever so and we've all been in bands before that never really got anywhere and i think we all saw patterns there like uh Yeah, we just weren't planning things properly. We weren't keeping track of the money that was coming in. And we weren't even spending money on things we should be spending money on. So, yeah, very early on when we said we want to do this seriously, I think we all saw that, you know, there's we just have to do these things that we've never done before to, you know, see where it got us. And uh, right away, I think we saw some cool results from actually doing the things we never did before. So we just decided to keep
0: going, you know. Yeah, the 80s are such an interesting time, right? Because they just gave away so much money. And wow. if you had TV, radio and a label, that was it. Like, you were famous. It didn't even matter if you were that good or not. Hi, Molly Crue, I'm talking about you. But like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm kidding, I love them. Come on my show. Uh, but, in all, but in all seriousness, do you think that it's harder now to break through because there's less support, but there's more bands than, you know, theoretically it would have been in the 80s? I realize that's like a speculative question.
2: I think the quality of the music today, today's standards are pretty high. And I think that makes it also very hard to stand out, I think, uh, especially these days. And
1: uh, It's such a complete yeah. new world, Brent, in, in all these different ways. Like everyone has a studio at home. You don't need a budget anymore to make your music sound as big as possible. But also there's no budget for music videos. so. Are you going to do those very shittily or are you going to invest in getting it done properly or how are you going to reach your audience? Are you going to do any marketing or not? And now, so many things have changed in such a short time. I really don't know if, <laughs> if the yeah. music industry has gotten any better or worse. It kind of feels like it got worse, but I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't have been a band 30 years ago. I don't know
2: i don't know pretty pretty uh,
0: funny
2: question yes really don't know the answer yeah yeah
0: i get that it's one of those like up in the air kind of questions but i just find it super interesting because this you know like you say the quality now is so good that you can't really tell the difference between a band that's on a label and a band that's doing everything themselves you know and like for bands like you guys i mean that's a testament to like the quality and the level that you're at you know
2: yeah thanks man Uh, yeah (laughs) it really means a lot it's nice
0: to
1: hear yeah i think in our opinion there's a lot of things we could do a lot better still but yeah that's probably always going to be a thought that's lingering in your head that you could things could be so much better i kind of kind of do feel sometimes that you can tell when a band is with a label or not like Mm -hmm. you can tell but maybe that's just something i'm telling myself maybe Maybe (laughs) we would sound better if we were signed signed to a label. Just in my head, I don't know. uh, know. We'll we'll see when we get there. (laughs) If we get there,
0: yeah, I'm sure you will, guys. This has been so much fun. Thank you for coming and hanging out. Yeah, thanks. Also, thanks for having us. It's (laughs) It's been my pleasure. I will catch up with you soon. Have a good night, guys. So there it is. Steph and Rick, another now, like I said at the top of the episode, their new album, it's their debut, it's called Omni, and it's out right now, so you should go and stream it, pick up a copy, they're such a great band, I can't wait for you to check out their new tracks, they had a really great single called Flanx, which I think kind of really blew up, Um, and you should definitely go and check it out if you're not going to listen to the album top to bottom. You not know, playing the band's music is a little bit weird um, but we'll get used to it next week i am chatting with the guru guru we have a really good time those guys are fantastic they're gearing up for a uk tour so hopefully that can all still happen um, i believe that's around august september so if you're a fan of the guru guru make sure you check out next week's episode and also that tour finally maybe we'll get some shows Very much looking forward to it. See you all again next week. This has been the More Than Punk podcast. Thanks for coming and hanging out. And I'm realizing if I had a catchphrase, it's probably going to be that. Fuck me.